I'm Elizabeth. I'm Natalie. And this is Simplicity Beckons Podcast. Listen in as we pursue living intentionally by editing out the things that distract, inhibit, or diminish the very best things in this life. Because we believe in redeeming the beauty of every day and discovering the joy that can be found when you narrow your focus to what really matters. Join the conversation. Because Simplicity Beckons. Hello, friends. So today we are going to share Liz Patron with you. Liz is a busy mom of four kids who works as a a computer programmer by day and a writer blogger by night and has actually just published her very first book, The Price of Admission, Embracing a Life of Grief and Joy. Liz is really big on authenticity and storytelling and how we can sort of merge those two things together and then connect with people on a deeper level. Liz touches on some really serious topics like mental health struggles, all the way down to just what life looks like for us as moms during a pandemic. It's a great conversation. I'm excited to share it. I will add really quickly, we have a few technical sound issues throughout this episode, just with the logistics of multiple Wi-Fi connections and just all of those things together. Sometimes we have a little bit of an issue. We definitely strive for the audio to be as perfect as possible and to not pose a distraction, but every once in a while life happens and things aren't perfect. So I just want to apologize for that in advance and uh, thank you for your patience. Hey Liz, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited. And so before we kind of jump into what we're going to be talking about today, do you want to just kind of give us the rundown on who you are, your family, kind of what you have going on um, so that our listeners can know a little bit more about you? Sure. So um, I'm a mom of four. My kids are uh, seven to 15. Oh my God. It's, it's so hard for me to remember seven to 15, um, two boys, two girls. We live in central New York and by day I am a computer programmer. Um, so I work in tech and have for, um, getting close to 20 years now. And then on the side to balance the utter tediousness of that out, I have a blog and now a book. So I've been writing for six or seven years all over the internet, um, building up a little community. We reach about half a million people a month now, I think. So we've got a good group. Um, and it's the joy of my life, honestly. That's wonderful. Wow. You've got your hands full. You have a lot going (laughs) on over there. I can't imagine like juggling all of that, but that's so exciting for you. To be clear, um, I'm I'm terrible at juggling all of it. It's a hot mess over here. But I mean, you seem um, like you have it together. So <laughs> it's totally fake. It's not real. <laughs> well, I know you have your book out, and Simplicity Beckons just a few months ago launched a campaign called Your Story Matters. And the reason why we did that is Elizabeth and I found that as we were opening up and just discussing our personal stories, you know, kind of the good, bad, and ugly, 
more and more people were reaching out to us personally and saying, oh my goodness, me too. Or wow, you have like so motivated me to like become authentic and start sharing my story. And Mm -hmm. it's just led to this really neat thing where we've been able to create this platform where stories are shared. And I know that's a really big part of your book and kind of who you are and what you're about. And I just, we kind of wanted to start off the conversation just talking about why do you think sharing life stories is so important and how have you been personally impacted by opening up and actually sharing your story for everyone to read and kind of take part in? Yeah. Um, I think that's amazing that you guys are doing that. Um, and that's a big mission of mine as well. And, and like you said, a big theme of the book, and it's a big thing I talk about all the time is the power of storytelling. Um, and you know, for anybody who's ready to speak truth to the things that have happened in their lives and the things they carry with them, it can be so incredibly healing, um, and Mm -hmm. empowering. Um, but the other thing that it does that I think, um, I don't know if you guys were surprised by this. I feel like I was when I started working in this world. Um, and I, I see people be surprised by it a lot is the commonality that people have, you know, like you said, the people that come up to you and say me too, or, you know, this really resonated with me because this happened to me or it happened to my sister or it happened to my loved one. You know, there's so much more in common in our lives than I think anybody realizes because we don't do a good job of talking about these things. Um, And especially right now where we're also focused on how different we are from each other. I think it's really important to be putting these stories out there and letting people see, you know, maybe the details are different. The timelines are different, but in the end, we're all going through so many similar things. And when you see that, you know, all that, loneliness and suffering that you've carried with you it's just so much lighter yeah that's a really good point I think that you said of we all we may have gone through similar things but yet we all still have different stories Mm -hmm. but I do think it's so important that people see these similar similar threads because so often we feel like we're the only ones when really there's other people out there experiencing something and, and I think most people want to help, you know, like if you've gone through it, most people want to come alongside someone else that's gone through a similar yeah. life event. I feel almost like there's a responsibility. Like if you're, if you're farther along in your journey to cast a line back to the people that are not as mm. far up as you are, you know, and that line is as simple as saying, you know, here I am. I survived, you know, I've been where you are. I know what that feels like and I'm here. I've taken all these steps and I've gotten to where I am. Um, you know, I think if we, if we knew that there were people up there with their hand reached out, it's almost impossible to feel all alone. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like connection is so important. And if we're not willing to share our experiences, then we can, be an acquaintance with someone forever and not know Mm -hmm. that, you know, we have this experience in common that we can really connect on. And like you said, it inspires healing and it, it, you know, just being able to relate with someone, it's just, it, it can take someone who is an acquaintance to like a lot, many, many steps deeper pretty quickly. Cause if you can identify, you know, with an experience, um, it's huge. For sure. 
And that's a funny thing. I don't know if this happens to you guys, but you know, when I started putting all of this out there, like all those layers of um, small talk and getting to know you stuff are just kind of gone. Mm. Like (laughs) I have relationships in my life with people I've met as a result of writing, or I've met as a result of them reading, you know, some of my stories or the book. And we just get to jump through all of all of that stuff right into what I consider to be like the meat and potatoes of the relationship. That's so true. Yeah. Cause we waste so much time on small talk and like, you know, those very surface level connections that we have with people. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny to think about it this way, but it does, it's, it's like wasted time. You know, it's wasted time. It feels like mm-hmm. wasted energy so much of the time, you know, we're just like, talking about the same things and we're not really ever getting deeper. So this year you published a book, which is amazing and so <laughs> cool. What has it been like publishing a book in 2020? Well, I don't have any other published books to compare it to. So I think <laughs> yeah. that's probably good. Um, it, we knew everything in the book world happens really, really slow. So yes. this book took me um, like six years to write. That is not typical. That's just because it took me that long, but you know, from the point that you sign the publishing contract to the point that the book is on the shelves, we're talking years here. Like it took a couple of years for that whole process mm-hmm. to happen. So when we set the publishing date, um, COVID was like just starting to happen. And we thought, okay, well, you know, we, we'll be totally in the clear by the book came out in September. So we'll be totally in the clear by September 1st. And we planned um, big party and, uh, started planning book launch events and whatever. And then, you know, it became very clear that that was not going to be the case as yeah. time went on. Um, yeah. So there's been no events, needless to say, there's been no big party. Um, but, you know, it's happened anyways. And in some ways, um, putting the book out there right now is almost like it was supposed to be that way. Um, mm. Because the book is about, you know, things that you've already touched on, like, um you are not alone. And, you know, your story is my story is everybody's story. Um, here's why we should connect in our suffering and people are literally alone right now. So mm-hmm. in some ways, you know, I, if I can, if I hear from people and they say, I read this at exactly the right time, then that makes me feel like, okay, well, I didn't have a party, <laughs> but <laughs> on the other hand, I think maybe it landed exactly when it needed to. And I can give up a party. It's a really great perspective because I think sometimes if people have a dream of publishing a book, I don't know, I think we sometimes can get kind of caught up in, caught up in all the accolades that kind of come with that. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool to think about, you know, your book coming out at a time when it's meeting real needs, like in real time, like these, mm-hmm. so many people are experiencing these things. So can you tell us more ab- about your book? Yeah. So the book is, I mean, it's, it's basically the culmination of five or six years of, of blogging on the internet. So the story behind that is, is basically to give it to you quickly um, and not bore you that I had three kids, three of my kids were born and young. And so of course I had no life whatsoever. I'm working full time. I have three little kids. I am not seeing friends, especially other women in my life at all. Um, and then I got postpartum depression after the, after my third kid was born. 
And I was just struggling. And, you know, at the time, this was like 10 years ago. So at the time, the internet was like, even worse than it is now full of just, you know, what to expect when you're expecting type parenting advice. Like mm. if, if you're struggling, you're doing something wrong, basically was the message that was out there. Um, and so I sat down and was like, I'm just going to tell the truth, you know, on, on the internet to, you know, whatever my like 50 Facebook friends that I had, <laughs> most of whom were related to me. <laughs> and I wrote this piece about how I had been diagnosed with postpartum depression and I was struggling and, um, exactly what you guys said earlier happened in that people started reaching out to me and saying me too, or, you know, I went through this and here's, here's what I learned and here's what happened, or I'm going through this now. Do you want to connect and talk about it? And it was like instant community. Um, and just mm -hmm. like you said, not instant surface level community, but instant community right where I needed it. Cause that's where I was. And they met mm -hmm. me right where I needed to be met. Um, and that was how I started writing. Um, and then my mom died about a year later. Uh, and she died from suicide after like a decade of mental health and addiction struggles that we had never been able to talk about. Um, because, you know, we don't do a good job of talking about this stuff. So when she died, I had this little platform that was really not significant. And I said, I'm, I'm going to talk about this stuff. I have a personal history with that. Um, and so I, was, I, I sat down and started telling the truth. And that really started to become a community at that point. It really started to resonate with people, it seems like. And um, the community started to build. And then the book came out of that. So the book is basically my story intermingled with my mother's story um, of survival in this world where we don't do a good job of telling the truth about surviving. It's so true. It's interesting to hear you talk through the timeline because you're right. I feel like probably within those 10 years that you started this journey and began opening up and then, um, you know, coming out with this book, you have seen the internet like kind of transform with you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we went through an era of people really wanting to be authentic and vulnerable on the internet. And now it's like, we're almost swinging the complete opposite side of the pendulum of filters. And it's like, you have to be really put together to share anything on the internet these days. And it's almost come full circle now where I think people are feeling like, well, great, I'm alone. You know, here I am scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and it's all these perfect people and no one can relate at all. So you have really seen the whole shift in those 10 years. Yeah. I do. I mean, I, I think I do agree with you, especially when it comes to um, like Instagram and then I'm, I'm not as internet savvy with the, the newer applications that like my daughter is on um, Facebook. I feel like there's a little bit more leeway there because yes. it's not mm -hmm. as uh, photo based. Um, but I also think I have intentionally done this myself that you can groom yourself a feed that is more authenticity based if you intentionally try, which I, I eventually mm -hmm. made myself do because I found myself getting lost in um, the comparison game. Mm -hmm. And I want to be really careful to say that, yes, I found myself, the author of this book about authenticity, getting caught up in the comparison game on the internet. You know, nobody is immune to that. 
at all. Right. Um, but you can't, I mean, I, it's still definitely out there, but I, I have, I have definitely made my, um, Instagram and Facebook feeds on purpose, just about as authentic as you can get in that realm, I think, because there are people out there, you know, that are telling their stories. And I, I do think that that is still growing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be competing with more noise than it was before, but I do think it's still out there. I mean, look at what you guys are doing. I yeah. feel like people, people are hungry for it. They want it. They, um, I mean, I just think about like you get on Instagram and you see these people that have fitness profiles and you think like, wow, like not in a million years could I look like that. Right. But then it's like what you're not taking into account is the fact that it's basically their full-time job. And I mean, more power to them, but it's just, it's not even something that we can compare. Cause like, cause like you're saying, you, you have, you have four kids and you have a full-time job. Like, you know, we, it's, I think that's the struggle is that, um, what we're seeing is being crafted to look a certain way and what we all want and need is just the truth because that's where we connect. Like we're not going to connect on something that's fabricated. We're going to connect in, in what's true and what's authentic. Right. I think, you know, when it, this is not to be too frou-frou, but everything in the end, I think boils down to it's either love or it's fear. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're going to connect out on the internet with the gorgeous skinny six pack fitness model. She's going to connect with your fear. Right. But then the person who's telling their true story about something that they went through and survived, they're going to connect with your love. So I Mm -hmm. think there's connection happening. And both of those things are very primal and very innate inside of us. Um, And we have to choose which one of those things we're going to feed with what we go out and intentionally consume, you know, on the internet, Mm -hmm. on television, on whatever. Um, But the more stuff that's out there and the more we give, you know, in that realm, I think the more that people will be able to connect with that. I hope. Yeah. And you touched on such a good point. Like it, I think a lot of it just takes that intentionality, you know, like you have to intentionally remind yourself to share authentically. And then like you said, remove some of the distraction and noise intentionally where it's needed. Just recently, like in the last year, I I have always run on and off, um, you know, for, for leisure, for exercise, for whatever. And when the pandemic started, I started pretty seriously running because I had time all of a sudden Mm -hmm. to do it. And I, you know, there was nothing else to do. So I started following a couple of running hashtags on Instagram and like, unbelievable, uh, gorgeous, muscular, super fast, um, women runners. And all, all it did was make me feel bad. Mm. I thought I was, you know, running decently. I might have thought my times were okay. My mile splits were okay, whatever. And it took about two weeks of, of following these hashtags to not feel like that anymore. Mm. So I was like, okay, that's enough of that. (laughs) And it takes something have, that's supposed to be positive, gonna, you know. Right, exactly. I, I, I'm not ever going to live up to that standard. Um, and you know, punishing myself by staring at it all day isn't doing me any good. Right. So it's intentionally going in and unfollowing and saying, like, yeah. this is not this is not what I want to listen to. This is not what I want 
feeding into my identity. Um, right. It's not feeding the right thing in, in me. Yeah. Mm, that's so good. So kind of on the same thread of intentionality, just hearing more of your story, and I know your book, how you open up all about your life story, and like you mentioned, some of your moms, how do you feel like simplicity and intentionality has impacted the way you embrace a life of grief and joy? I think, like I, the thing I just said about love and fear, like that's about as mm-hmm. simple as you can get, right? When you, when you boil yeah. everything down to its basic, most basic components. And that comes back to that idea of, you know, my story may be different from your story, maybe different from her story, maybe different from whatever. But when you take the details away and just bring it back to what is really going on, it's just those two things. And it's those two things, we think of them as opposites, right? As things that can't exist at the same time. Like you would say, grief and joy can't exist at the same time, right? If you were just to think about it quickly. And I I think the art of being able to survive is accepting that not only can those two things exist at the same time, but very rarely do they not. Hmm. Right. We're always going to have these two things, you know, at war with each other inside of us, whether that's grief and joy, or you you take it down a level and it's love and fear. Um, It's, it's, uh, I love my kids so much, but they're driving me crazy. Um, (laughs) Or (laughs) I'm so grateful to be employed right now in a time when a lot of people aren't, but oh my God, I'm working so hard and it's killing Mm. me. You know, I mean, it's all these things that are, they seem in opposition with each other, but they exist at the same exact time. And I think the real art of being able to survive any of this is to get comfortable with being somewhere in between all the time. Well, and I feel like even just hearing you say that, like, I love my kids so much, but they're driving me crazy. Like that makes me feel better for feeling that same way. Mm-hmm. You know, Like it makes me feel like, Oh, someone understands because like <laughs> you said, I'm feeling all those things at the same time. Like I love them so much, but they are crazy and they're driving me crazy and it's nice for them to go to bed at night so I have a chance to like take a deep breath you know right so even just you being honest about that and saying that makes me feel like oh like she gets me like she gets it she's (laughs) you know she's living like what she's living through right now is similar to what I'm living through. If it makes you both and feel better, I literally told my husband that tonight at the dinner table. <laughs> like, <laughs> ah, I'm going crazy. It was just one of those days. But we all have those days. And I think oh, we have sure. to be honest about it. And then there's the other side, you know, you're like, I can't wait for them to go to bed. And you put them to bed. And then you're like, oh, I miss them. <laughs> you know, it's always somewhere in between those two things. Did I invest in Oh, that? for sure. Present right. enough? You know, like all these things start running through your head and you're like, oh, I want to do over, you know, but then it's like, well, I mean, we do have tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Being home. I'm work- So I'm working from home right now ever- and have been ever since the pandemic started. So we're, I don't know, month nine or something now. Um, and my kids are very rarely going into in-person school and my husband is a teacher. And so he's here on and off, um, but he's here a lot more than he ever was before. Uh, this has been a true exercise for me in um, being comfortable with 
imperfection because I am a Mm. type A achiever. You know, I want to write things down on my list and cross them off and excel at the things that I'm doing. And that's not happening. (laughs) I am not Mm. excelling at any of the things that I'm doing. And I just have to be okay with that. And I think that kind of goes back to what you were asking about simplicity a little bit, you know, is when you take it to its basic level, I have to be okay with just existing, you know, just doing what we need to do for now to survive what's going on. It has to be okay at the end of the day to lay in bed and go, okay, well, we made it rather than, okay, well, here's the things that I achieved today, which is what I really would like to be doing. Um, You know, with, when we talk about simplicity, the thing that's so cool about it is that it covers so many subjects. Like you can literally simplify almost anything. So what is something in your life right now that you are simplifying? Um, Well, I have gone through my clothes twice now since the pandemic started and um, simplified my wardrobe (laughs) to basically loungewear. Um, But also, you know, on on a more macro level I am I feel like I am simplifying my standards Mm. um which is probably something that was very long overdue for me you know this this time I feel like that we are living through is sort of a forced exercise in perspective of you know what is truly important to me like what am I going to pick out of this and choose to keep in my life and focus on. And I, I remember um, a couple of months ago running with my husband and I, you know, we're always saying like, when are we going to get out of this? When is this going to end? When are the kids going to go back to school? When are, you know, he's a teacher. When is he going to be back in school? And I said, you know, I'm, I'm desperate to get back there, but I don't want us to go back to what we were before. Mm. Um, which was me working, him working, four kids, four sets of activities, um, just go, 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 go all the time. No downtime. Um, I think that it's become very apparent that that was not a lifestyle that was healthy for anybody. Mm. Yeah. It's been one big giant reality check. I feel like yeah, like it's thrown us into like, like you said, like it's kind of positioned us to really examine what's most important. And like you said, yeah, the time has come to pick and choose because I feel like we were all just kind of caught up in this rat race. Like, yeah. Yeah. And things that I took for granted before, um, you know, you see how important they are time with extended family that yeah. you know, we may, may not be able to get right now or, um, time away travel with our family again, which we might not be able to get, um, time yeah. with our friends. Yeah. It has, been a year hearing you talk about hoping it would be done by September I know we thought that as well like there's no way it's going to go on past September and here we are December you know we're going to be ringing in the year but just take it a day at a time so another question we like to ask our guests is what is something you're currently loving it could be anything at all um running I think I'm um I've always run you know ever since I was in high school um but I'm very intentionally running right now because it is the the only time that I'm alone. Um, And often it's the only time I leave the house during the day. Um, And it's like a meditation. Um, So it's like choosing 
physical wellness, but also choosing emotional wellness, I feel like wrapped up into one thing. Plus you can do it quickly. Like if I were to go for a walk, that takes twice as long. So right. <laughs> I can, I can run a couple miles and get my head on straight and sweat a little bit and come inside and be a much better version of myself to my family when I'm done. And I can listen to podcasts while I'm out there. Totally. I identify with you so much <laughs> on that because I love to run. I mean, as much as one does love to run, you know, and I feel like I don't have the time to commit to like, like you said, like a three mile walk, but I can, you know, knock out a three mile run and have a little bit of me time and be, yeah. like you said, a better, a better person. <laughs> <laughs> well, Liz, this was great. I have loved getting to talk to you. Um, I really appreciate your heart for authenticity and really just your, your heart for promoting that. And you've written a book and we will definitely be linking ways for people to find your book and for people to find you. Mm. And uh, yeah, I just, we just so appreciate you uh, jumping on and chatting with us. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for everything that you're doing to help promote um, storytelling and truth telling and sharing. That's just so important, I think, especially right now. And thank you for letting me be a part of it. As Simplicity Beckins has continued our Your Story Matters campaign, there is no doubt about it that our stories have power. I know just this week I had two more women reach out to me and just want to share their stories and connect with me on how it related to my stories and just kind of share more. And it has been so impactful to not only hear, but see how stories play such a vital role in our lives. And it was such a joy to be able to talk with Liz and hear more about her, share her book and just her perspective on how important it is for us to connect through our stories, especially as we're in such a time in history where we are more isolated and alone than ever. And this just really has given us a great opportunity to connect through our stories, whether they're similar or maybe just have similar facets, or even just if they're different in some ways, just knowing that we can be there for other people by listening and just supporting them through their journey. I want to challenge you today that, as Liz put it, have a meat and potatoes conversation. You know, try to seek out conversations that are more than just the fluff and the small talk, and maybe try to pursue the next level of relationship and intentionality as you are engaging with others in your lives. And on the same hand with intentionality, make sure you're intentionally looking at your social media, really just the noise and distraction of the world, and that you are removing any of the distraction and noise, and that you're making sure that what you're consuming is reflective of the life you want to live. Whether that's removing the comparison traps on social media, or just the constant noise that seems to be amplified these days that feel like every day it gets louder and louder. And that was just really challenging for me, hearing Liz talk about intentionally removing you know, even just the simple 
some of the accounts on her social media. I know I have really taken that personally and tried to apply it and just making sure that what I'm consuming is really reflective of the life that I want to live. I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation with Liz today, and I hope that as you have heard her story and as we continue to share bits and pieces of our stories, that it may inspire and encourage you to share more of your own.